0: Hello and welcome to the Unstoppable Stylist Podcast, where independent beauty entrepreneurs can get all the mindset, messaging, and methods they need to be unstoppable in beauty, business, and life. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Unstoppable Stylist Podcast. I'm so excited that you joined us here today. I'm thrilled because I get to talk to Nina Tulio, and she's going to share so much wisdom she has about building a salon business that makes you really happy, and as well as make lots of money. Um, because she has so many keen ways to show us the the ways that helped her and her incredible journey through this industry. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce to you, Nina Tulio. Welcome, Nina, to the Unstoppable Stylist Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here today.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I love to do podcasts and be on the other side. Like I love to be interviewed. This is really, really nice. So thank you so much for, for having me. I'm excited about our chat today.
0: Yeah, for sure. So tell us how you got started in the beauty industry. Cause I know you have a long career in the beauty industry and you've been through a lot of different things.
1: (laughs) Yeah. um, Listen, I'm pushing on my 27th year, you know, moving in, in through this business and serving in all facets, but you know, long and short, I'll kind of give you the cliff notes version, but I, you know, I knew that I wanted to, go to beauty school. And so I was in votech. I was a vocational student and I love my teacher and I really thrived because I didn't do well in school, but I really thrived in my cosmetology class. And from there I had a few hundred hours that I had to finish. So I went to Allentown School of Cosmetology, which is from, you know, my hometown area back in Pennsylvania. And I finished I went into a salon right away. It was a small salon. And then I kind of took a little bit of a break and I ended up working for Circuit City. I don't know if you remember (laughs) Circuit City, but I ended up working there and doing a lot of management training. Yeah, which was really awesome because they sent me away for a week to do awesome management training. So it was very, very helpful. And then I ended up kind of going back into, you know, starting and working in a salon. And then I worked in a salon full-time and then I was a manager and then I was promoted to district manager. And then I ended up becoming partners with the uh, mentors that I had at that time. So, and Robin is still my mentor to this day. Ray has since passed, but you know, I worked with them for about eight years. And so when I was the district manager, I had, we had about 55 employees and eight, I had eight direct reports and we had eight salons that I was managing. And um, yeah, from there it was kind of like, okay, They wanted to sell the salons, all of the salons that they had. And we ended up moving to Florida, South Florida. And we opened up five salons there in one year. Wow. And then, yeah. And then I was like, you know what? I love them so much. And I, I really, they were my college education But it was time for me to do my own thing. So I ended up moving from Florida. We lived in West Palm Beach, moved back to Pennsylvania. It was freezing cold. And I started, I took a little bit of a break to do my business plan and get everything situated. And then I opened up my salon, which was called Anthony Ashley in 2006. And it was a commissioned salon because we're in Pennsylvania. And I owned that salon for 11 years. And so I worked behind the chair and I ran the business. And I stopped working behind the chair about two years prior to when I sold it back in 2016. And then here we are, you know, 2017, I started my consulting business and, you know, this is what I'm doing now, which is helping hairstylists and salon owners make more money, keep more money and build their business, you know, with confidence. So it's been a long road and quite a journey and I have loved every single minute of it.
0: Well, and that—that that is the thing. I've also been doing hair for twenty-five plus years, and uh, have done all the things in my career that I pretty much wanted to do. And this—this this is sort of the culmination of it, right? I still have my salon. I still work behind the chair. Um, I run a boutique motel as well. So that's oh my that's gosh, busy, yeah. But it, it's so much fun, all of it, and uh, I really have a heart for giving back to hairstylists and uh, beauty professionals at large because I was also an esthetician and had a spa too. So. Um, that just sort of, uh, we shut that, that down during COVID so I could focus on the the salon, the coaching and the boutique motel. So <laughs> it's still a lot to focus on. But um, I know throughout your journey, you've had some struggles and there were times like right now we're in a, a sort of a, an economic hot spot, right? With the mm-hmm. you know recession and then we, we just come out of a global pandemic, which is so tough on so many hairstylists. Mm-hmm. Um, but you share a lot on your Instagram about some of the struggles and then why you kind of Sort of snapped awake and really realized how the business part of our education is so valuable um, in having creating long-term sustainable businesses right the the technical is one part but the business i think is really where we move the needle in our in our success in so many ways so share a little bit about that journey where you you struggled and then how you overcame that because i think that's very unstoppable of you <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, and I think and I'm very vulnerable in sharing this stuff, because I feel like if I could help people not make the same mistakes I made, you know, that's a lot of my purpose and my and my passion and what I love to do. And so the first five years of owning my business were a complete shit show. Uh, I almost closed my business twice. Year one, I had $800 left in my bank account. By year four, I was $90,000 in debt. And we had already moved into the recession at that time. And so I was broke. I had all of this debt, I had to sell my home to keep my business. It was my choice to do that because I really felt that I owed it to not only myself but also to my team. You know, I'm responsible for them. And um it was really really tough and going through that recession and not knowing, you know, people were canceling appointments and moving out appointments and it got really scary. And so I did something that was so risky and my mom even even to this day she's like, "I still can't believe that you did that." But I ended up moving out of my small, maybe 600 square foot salon, which was, I think, $900 a month at that time. And I ended up moving into a large salon and I went into a salon that the rent was, it was supposed to be 600, but the landlord helped me out. I think we started maybe 12, 1300, but it ballooned to 23, 2400 over the years. And I took a risk by going into that space. I had to rehab the space, I had to borrow $5,000 from one of my best guy friends. I was really like in a pinch, but I knew that if I stayed in the location, I was, I wasn't going to be able to be successful and I wasn't going to be able to grow. So I really took a risk during that recession and, um, took on more rent, took on more expense, but ended up really turning the business around. And the reason, you know, it's funny because people ask me, well, how did you do it? And I say, honestly. I pulled out the mirror and I looked at myself and I started to reassess my own behaviors because as a leader, we have to really take a good hard look at what we're doing to contribute to the business or are we the one that is the problem in the business? And so I was the problem. As a leader, you have to own your own shit. And I think it's really important to be able to do that. And when I did, I really started to lean into networking and getting out there. And every week I was out there and my team was out there and we were getting ourselves, you know, invested with the chamber of commerce. And I ended up sitting on the women's business council board and I really like threw myself in. And in a year we, we really started to have major growth. And from the time, so the last five years of my business, we grew 20 to 30% year over year. And my profit was about 17 to 23%. And this was from going to being broke, I was broke and I literally was not making a profit in my business. Like I was really, really struggling. So I hope that gives people a little bit of hope if they are struggling, especially now during this recession, it is very easy to go into that fear space and start reducing prices and start making decisions based on emotion. But you really have to tap into your why and you have to really understand your core values and your mission and your business and make decisions based on that and know that there is light at the end of the tunnel. It's just going to take a little bit of time and persistence.
0: I think that is so key because hard times make strong people. And, mm-hmm. you know, when recessions are actually a really excellent opportunity sure. for growth mm-hmm. and, you know, so many millionaires are made during recessions because mm-hmm. they, they're innovative and they really, like take advantage of the opportunities that are there. So if you sure. can really get your mindset straight and, and again, like, like you said, look at what you're doing as a leader, um, whether you have a salon with staff or you're just a solo entrepreneur, it doesn't really matter. You are still leading yes. your, your team of one, your mighty team of one, and it can make an impact. And um, when you look at the opportunities that come from being in a, with your back against the wall, that is really what made the unstoppable stylist. I mean, I had my back against the wall and I had to really, you know get scrappy and find the resources when there didn't seem to be a whole lot of them mm-hmm. and uh it, it really did change things around like I, I i've been through the recessions more than once um, I've had multiple businesses and in multiple industries. Um, and I've like, I've owned restaurants, which is like the hardest kind of business to own. My ex-partner and I have had that together uh, for 25 years. And so we have like, we've been through all of that. And sometimes I could see the biggest leaps and bounds in my growth were when the the times were the toughest, right? So- absolutely, yes. Yeah, so I think that's so key. And I love how vulnerable you always are on your Instagram about sharing those things. And the real key drivers- that move the needle in business, and and when you you said you you know you pulled your, yourself up by the bootstraps, you got clear on what you were doing as a leader that was working or wasn't working, and focused on that, and how that powerful position shaped who you are today. I think that's so key. So you got your your business from like broke to in a position to sell, and I think a lot of people don't know how to do that, <laughs> right? Because a oh, lot. of well- A lot of owners, if they if they stepped away from behind the chair, their business would collapse. They wouldn't have enough money to make make it work. So
1: yeah, and I think you know people have to understand too, you know, because there's such a stigma around owners selling their business that if you sell your business, you must be doing poorly. And I just think that that's not always the case. You know, I saw opportunity for me to sell my business because my profit profitability was so high and i think you have to capitalize on that and i also was exhausted like full transparency i was tired as hell i worked 365 days you know for the year i took one full week off one full week off in 11 years i don't recommend doing that please don't do that <laughs> um that was just my choice that's how i worked you know and i also you know i worked a lot too because there was a lot of internal pain and a lot of things that i was dealing with that work was more of an escape and an outlet for me. You know, I talk a lot about using money as a tool or an outlet. And for a lot of years, I used money as an outlet as opposed to a tool. That's why I ended up getting in debt. And I think that, you know, when we we lean in and we've, we kind of try to um, avoid, for me, my avoidance was being a workaholic and kind of putting myself into my work. And there's pros and cons to that. You know, now we have to have balance. Now we have to understand that, you know, there has to be a balance in how much you're working and how much time you're um, resetting yourself and really putting back into yourself so you can show up for yourself and for your team if you have one. So yeah, I mean, I think a lot of things change over time and this business has changed over time, especially in the last three, four years. And we have to continue to look within ourselves. I think that's the key. You know, a lot of people are looking externally and what's happening. Like my business isn't doing well. My business is failing. You're not going to find what you're looking for outside of you. You know, you really have to kind of tap into that and it's really hard, but it really truly does pay off for sure.
0: Yeah. And I do find that with social media, because both of us started our careers long before social media was around, but with social media, there is often that compete and compare. And we don't, intend for we look go looking for inspiration but oftentimes we can end up feeling really bad about ourselves Mm -hmm. and uh getting kind of stuck and like just seeing a glossy version of the way the world's actually working and um that can be discouraging for sure. So what what is some advice that if you had to give to your younger self, would you?
1: Oh um you know I think the most important thing when you're in business is to trust your gut. You know, you always, your gut will always steer you in the right direction, but it's being in tune with that and trusting yourself enough to listen to it. You know, whether that comes to hiring people, whether that comes to working with a brand, whether that comes to um, finances, like you really have to listen to yourself because that gut instinct is always right. And I think if, you know, if I would have done that, a little earlier on, I would have saved myself a little bit, but that was part of the learning process. You know, that's part of the learning curve is that we have to go through the trench a little bit. And we have to go through that feeling of like, hmm, you know, should I hire this person? Should I, you know, work with this person? Should I work with this brand? Whatever that looks like. And, you know, when you go against the grain, you learn from that you know, and then you're like, oh, I should have listened to myself. I should have trusted my gut. And that makes you feel more confident in, you know, believing in yourself. So that would be my advice is just listen to, I would listen to myself more and trust myself more.
0: Yeah. I think that's a Big big lesson that we need to learn, especially with the online business stuff coming up. There's so many more coaches out there. There's so many more classes being offered all of the time. It's really easy to just move from one to the next and never feel like, even though you're gathering information and you're gathering confidence, it's like you're just moving to the next thing all the time. And every time you like learn something new, then something else comes in and contradicts.
1: Right. (laughs) Right.
0: Yeah. So that's been like, oh my God. And then you can you can make yourself crazy. And then you can also start to feel bad about yourself. It's crazy. Even after all these years and all these successes and all these lessons, we still have that imposter syndrome. It's like, Oh huh? my God. Yes. You know, what's you funny.
1: I I'll share this quick story. Cause I think this is so important and you may have seen it on my Instagram, but I enrolled myself in um, Harvard business school has continuing education. And I enrolled myself in a leadership and culture course. And um, I was I so excited about it and it happened right after, you know, we had to say goodbye to our dog that, you know, we've had for 15 years and the course was starting like a few days later. So I was already feeling down and out and then you can kind of go on this little chat and introduce yourself to all of the people that are going to be on, you know, in your course, all of your colleagues. And I started to read all of their bios and see all of the things that they have done. And, you know, these are people who have master's degrees and who have tech companies and who are CEOs of companies and who lead teams of thousands of people and hundreds of people. And I was just there in finance. And I'm like, I said to my husband, I I feel like I don't belong here. And I typically don't, think in that mindset, you know, I really feel like it's so good to put yourself outside of the box and learn from other people and learn from people who were doing more than you, you know, that's why I admire my, my mentors, but I just was feeling like just so kind of insecure about it. And I remember saying to my husband, like, what if I don't know anything? He said, well, you're there to learn. Like, you're not going to show up knowing everything. That's the point of taking the class. And I showed up and, you know, I remember, you know, it's been 4 we're going on our fourth week and it's four hours every single week and just people from all over the world. And I just remember feeling so inspired that first time and sharing our core stories and really getting deep and understanding that we are so much more alike than we are different. And then I thought to myself, you know, I do have a lot to contribute. There are not a lot of people in the course that have had businesses. I'm on my second business. And I'm learning so much from everybody else, but I also do have things to say and I have something to contribute. So when you have that imposter syndrome, it's so good to put yourself in positions where you feel like you don't fit because those are the times that you will learn and grow the most. And I, these past couple of weeks have been such a growth moment for me, and just so eye-opening and learning from all of these other amazing people. And you know, I was like, yeah, I, I belong here too. You know, so you gotta yeah, really and good believe for you. in yourself good for, you yeah. for
0: recognizing that, and good for your husband for pointing that out. I think we always need like a cheerleader behind the sure. scenes saying no you deserve this you earn this you you are this person you are unstoppable because there's there's often other times people um who didn't support that journey right and those are the haters right. or th- those can be people that are very close to you like that's what that mm-hmm. I have happened it was in a, a fairly abusive um like emotionally abusive relationship and he certainly made me doubt mm-hmm. my worth and um it was it was very confusing to me because I'd, I'd had actually lots of lots to give and lots to offer but uh he ended up almost resenting all those nice things about me which was was really tough because it's the person you love Mm. and um so that that became tough. But having lots, luckily, I had lots of other people who were always cheering me on. And now I really only have people who are cheering me on and that right. you know, the armchair warriors or whatever that are, you know, maybe leaving nasty comments on your Instagram, you're like, yeah, whatever. I remember that. <laughs> I had some haters on one uh, reel that I did. And then I'm just like, um, I am a you know, at the time now I'm a 50 year old woman who's had some real raw life experiences. So what you say, like, I probably said meaner things to myself, like you can't, mm-hmm. and I think it's reminding ourselves of that. Like there's usually more people in our corner than there right. are. And if there aren't, then seek those people out for sure. sure. Find those coaches, find those mentors, find those like best friends or whatever, other hairstylists, other beauty professionals that are wanting the same things that you want and and link arms with them. And don't worry about not being the smartest person in the room. I think it's actually a great idea not to be the smartest. Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Yes. That's when you grow, (laughs) grow and learn the most for sure.
0: Yeah. You, you learn way more by failing. And um, so can you share a lesson that came from failing? I mean, you've already shared a few, but like, well, that yeah,
1: that was the biggest lesson. I mean, that failure was probably one of the biggest in terms of, you know, almost closing twice, being in debt, selling my home. Those were big failure moments. And not only they were in my business, but I also felt like I failed myself. So it was kind of going through personal uh, stuff. And I was actually in a very bad, abusive relationship myself during that time. So it was like double whammy. So I had a lot of uh, pressure on myself to show up in my business, but also just to show up for myself. And I think, you know, we learn so much more about how strong we truly are when, when our back is against the wall and we feel like we're being pressed and, uh, you know, I feel like everything is a lesson, you know, there's so much that we can take. And when things happen, I always ask myself, what could I do better? What did I learn from this? What could I do better? I asked my team the same thing when a client would come in and they were unhappy, what did you learn from this? What can we do? So this doesn't happen again. Right. And how can I assist you? How can I serve you? What do you need for me to help you? And so failure, I feel is part of success without it. We, we, we don't allow ourselves to remember what it feels like to be in the trench, you know, and really feel like we are in that struggling moment. And it allows us to appreciate how far we've come, you know? And so, And I also don't even really think of, you know, my husband always says all the time, he's like, I don't know how you live in this space. I never live in regret. When I make a decision, I move on. I'm already 20 steps ahead. Like there, I just don't look back at anything and he just doesn't live in that mindset. But I also feel like it it isn't really failure. It's more of a life lesson. You know, it's more of a pivot. It's more of a way to say, "Mm, this, maybe this wasn't for you. Maybe we need to pivot and move in a different direction. I have a different way of looking at that kind of stuff, you know, and I feel like failure builds strength. It builds character, you know, it builds um, confidence, you know, which is a lot of what we need, you know, in this business and in this industry.
0: So share some of the things that you do to kind of psych yourself up and get your mindset in the right place. Cause I know that's something a lot of people struggle with and Mm -hmm. it's the root of a lot of issues is that we, we just can't get in the right mind frame um to move forward in our in our lives in our business there's so many ways we can get stuck so what are some of the things you use to
1: get unstuck well you know i think the the first part of it is that you have to believe in yourself now it doesn't mean you're going to wake up every day and be like yay i'm amazing because listen i really struggle with anxiety and i have a lot of Thursdays when i struggle just to get get up and kicking you know i'm kind of like getting in my own head like oh my god they didn't text me back what did i do you know i kind of live in that space sometimes um, but I feel like, and it's so interesting you brought this up because we just talked about this in our class last week with the with my professor, and we had a video that he went into about the fixed mindset and the growth mindset. And the growth mindset believes that they're, they have the power and the opportunity to change things. They have the power and the opportunity to learn a skill, become more talented, become stronger, become smarter, you know, where the fixed mindset, they kind of live in that space where they're like, mm, even if I work harder, it's not going to change. Even if I do more, I'm not going to make more money. Right. And so I feel like when it comes to myself, I just live in my why space, you know, like I, I don't really like to fly. Although I'm getting a lot better because you know, the, the, the pure purpose and and mission for me in getting on a plane is because I understand deeply why I'm doing it Mm -hmm. and it's to serve other hairstylists and owners. So every time I start to get nervous or very anxious on flights, I just start to think of why I'm doing what I'm doing. What is that purpose and passion? So I really kind of live in that why space. And even when I'm having a rough day, I also really lean into the gratitude space. That's been very, very helpful. Like, wow, like how fortunate am I that I get to do what I love with people that I love in an industry that is so kick-ass? Like, how cool is that? You know, so I don't really need to necessarily hype myself up. I am a little older too. I've been around the block a couple of times. I've been through some things, both personally and professionally. So, and I've done a lot of work on myself. I've been in therapy since I'm 21 years old, and it never stops. You know, we're always growing and learning about ourselves. But I feel like more so, it isn't to hype myself up, it's to understand how important it is to serve that is just the space that I live in. And that is this, the truest answer that I can give you. And so I wish I could tell you that I'm like cheering for myself and you can say mantras. And, and I have lived in that space where I had to do that. Cause I, I was struggling for a very long time with my own self-worth and self-confidence, but now it's like, I just love what I do. And I just love serving people. It actually makes me very emotional. I just love watching people do well. And I love watching them reach their goals and dreams. And I feel like it is just in my soul. And so that's, that's what I live in. It's just, why am I doing this? When I get off kilter, it's like, why? Remember your why? When I don't want to get on a plane, I'm like, you got to show up. Like you have people waiting for you. And it actually switches everything, turns it all around.
0: I feel like that way you got to show up. That's so important. Like, I mean, when I was going through the hardest times in my life and this is pre pandemic. So it got worse actually before it got better, but um, I, I had to keep showing up at the salon. I had to keep serving mm-hmm. clients. And that was my saving grace. And I remember like people saying to me like, oh my God, because we had a lot of things happening all at once, like and life or death situations and business, like nightmares and all of this stuff all happening at once. And my husband, my ex-husband was struggling with um, addiction and mental health issues. Mm-hmm. He was spiraling out of control. My kids were sick. My mom was oh, sick. It was all happening at once. And even if when I tell the story, I'm like, that isn't even the half of it. But you know, having to show up in the salon every day and take care of people, and I didn't want to be a Debbie Downer. And but you sure. know, sometimes people are like, Oh my god, don't you get ever get depressed? And I'm like, Well, I tried that once and I did not like it, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't want to do that ever again, right? Couldn't even stand being around myself when I was wallowing, like it just wasn't good. And so it was a clear decision that I had to make in my own head and my own heart that that was not who I was and that was not how I wanted to be, and um so I really feel like yeah just showing up sometimes even when you don't feel like it and if you don't like the voices in your own head that are you know putting you down or whatever then listen to the other voices out there because there's tons of motivational stuff out there and I was like I mean even still now in my car I have an old cd that I play over and over and over it's just super motivating but it's really old I have a whole stack of like back in the days I probably have some cassette somewhere (laughs) if I dig deep (laughs) enough but definitely CDs and I just like it and I, I have very short commute to work but even listening to that same recording over and over again there's just little things in there that like every time I listen to it I get a little more you know inspired Mm -hmm. and motivated to do things and it's just like when I I watch um, technical videos for hair styling like I try to practice that immediately in the salon like if I watch a new technique or something practicing it immediately so I think that's a lot of it is just if you learn something make sure you implement it Because all of that just compounds, right? Um, So when you struggled in your business and um, like, what did you do that was outside of yourself to really change things? Because I know there's a lot of inner work, but there's also Mm -hmm. steps that you need to take that involve the outer world. Somebody else mentors a course, you know, just like you're taking your Harvard business Mm
1: -hmm. thing. Like at
0: some point you have to reach out and go outside yourself. So just
1: talk a little bit about what you've done in your career that's helped you accelerate. Well, the biggest thing I think that you can do is take action. Like if you are still and stuck in your business, you're going to stay there unless you continue to take action. And if you listen to Tony Robbins, I, I, I'm a big Tony Robbins fan, and I went to his three-day seminar, it was life-changing, but he talks about taking massive action. And I feel like if you are struggling, We've got to get out of the space that we're struggling in. So for me, it was more so, okay, what courses and classes can I take? What? And I went to Tony Robbins. That was one of the times that was after I actually sold my business. I went through a, another really rough time after I sold my business. I kind of lost my identity a little bit. And I went to Tony Robbins and that totally just filled my whole entire soul. When I was struggling in my business and I got through it, I was leaning a lot into my friends. I was listening to a lot of podcasts. You know, I'm a big Simon Sinek fan. I love his leadership style. I love what he stands for. So I was listening to a lot of that. I was doing a lot of Tony Robbins. I was I listened to a lot of Wayne Dyer. You know, there are things that um, and I saw Wayne Dyer in New York City. Um, you know, I think shortly before he he passed, but it's it was just continuing to fill myself with things that helped me grow, things that gave me more knowledge, things that made me feel better about what I was doing in my business and I sur- the most important thing is that I surrounded myself with people that were supportive. You know, that is key. My friends, my family, so fortunate to have amazing friends and family that were really there for me and my team. Mm-hmm. You know, I I really I owed it to them to do the right thing by them and it was like how can we get together to grow this thing what can we do differently let's join the chamber let's go to events every single month i'll go every week but you guys got to come once a month like let's do this together and really hit this head on getting in the community you know yeah. we put on a lot of community events we did a lot for nonprofits and i still do in this business today that's part of you know my mission is is giving back but we would come together to work on things and events and 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 making sure that we were doing things that were in alignment to the core values of the business and so you have to step out. I'm really big proponent of getting education outside of this business yeah there are great coaches and 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 mentors very important to have great mentors i've had the same mentors for since i'm 19 years old mm-hmm. um it's very important to find coaches and mentors that you align with But it's also important to step outside of this industry as well and gain insight from other business owners and from other people or who are doing things that you want to do, you know, and learning from them. That's why I'm taking this Harvard class because I want to learn from a professor who's so skilled in leadership and culture that uh, what can I learn? What can I absorb from you, you know? So Yeah, step outside of the box a little bit and take courses within the industry, but also step outside the industry and take some classes and courses too.
0: Yeah, because business is business. I mean, I've had multiple businesses across hospitality and the motel, the restaurants, the catering, the food trucks, the ice cream shop. Like we've done a lot, plus the salon and spa. But a lot of these lessons are the same throughout. And you you get, you get just get a slightly different perspective. Now in your um, Instagram, and I know in your mem- membership, you talk a lot about pricing and valuing your worth. And I know this stuff comes up a lot and just knowing your numbers. And I think mm-hmm. that has been a little bit of a crutch for a lot of creative entrepreneurs is that they're not numbers people and I know you you kind of call bs on that and you really empower people to take control of their numbers and their profits and focus on that so talk a little bit about because I know that's definitely been part of your journey but talk a little bit about why that's important to you and the why behind that yeah <laughs> for other people as well
1: yeah, I mean that's that's part that's the biggest I think piece of what I coach and teach to is making more money, making more profit, understand your price per minute, price per hour, you know, making sure that you understand what cash flow means and and having that those finances buttoned up, you know. There are other components to it, but that's kind of where the space that I that I live in and it's important to me because A, I failed in my business financially, not once, but twice. I also failed personally with credit card debt, getting myself in debt. I know what it feels like to struggle. I come from nothing. My family did not have money growing up. I wanted to do things differently. And I ended up doing the same thing because I didn't change my own patterns and behaviors until I was older. And so that's why it's so important to me. And also because I know that we struggle as an industry. I know that, you know, six years ago, almost seven years ago, when I started teaching business, nobody wanted to hear about business. You know, I was talking about price per minute, price per hour and profit margins and all of that stuff before it was even a thing. And there were other coaches who were doing it, you know, prior to me too, but it just wasn't as big as it is now. And nobody wanted to listen to what I had to say. And so now because COVID really shifted that, People, stylists, owners understand the importance of numbers. They understand the importance of, you know, if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. They understand that it's not just about what you're bringing in, but what's going out of the business and taxes and understanding net profit and how much you need to put aside for taxes and what your net profit really should be. So, you know, I think the passion is there because the struggle was there for me. And I don't want to see other people struggle financially. And I'm coming from a space of, I barely graduated high school because I couldn't pass algebra one as a senior in high school. I had applied math all of the years until I was a senior and I had a 59 and I almost didn't graduate. I had to do extra credit just so I could graduate algebra one as a senior. So if I can do it and now I'm teaching numbers and we're using Excel sheets and we're using Google sheets and we're doing all the calculations and all of the things, if I can do it, you can do it too. And the thing that it really does for you when you understand your numbers, it allows you to work from a more confident space because now you're making decisions based on facts and not fear. And that is the whole mission behind what I'm teaching is gaining confidence. So you can say, wow, my baseline price per minute is this, but I know my my target price per minute is this, price per minute, price per hour. So when you look at this, and this is for my course, my Make That Money course for my independence, That's why they feel good about going through the course. They're gaining knowledge and information, but they're like, shit, I'm supposed to be charging one fifty, $1.50 a minute when I'm charging a dollar. I'm losing 50 cents a minute. That's Mm -hmm. thousands and thousands of dollars. That changes the mindset really quickly. So there are so many reasons behind it. But I think we have to kind of get out of our own way and stop telling ourselves that, You know, yeah, we may not be good at math. And I still have questions. I still have to ask my husband, how do I get the percentage for, he's like, are you serious? Like you teach this every day. That's why you relate so
0: well, right? I mean, I'm not great at math too. I've always been very careful with money, but I mean, I had the rug ripped out from under me between like all the business stuff that happened, the marriage stuff that happened and I was already when COVID happened I was hanging on already by my fingernails Mm. financially and I absorbed all the debt all the responsibility of three buildings a house two kids business like he just walked away and that was sort of the condition I'll do anything and I never got support for the kids or anything and but then of course all of a sudden March 2020 they say shut everything down and first it was two weeks to flatten the curve but it turned into eight months of being shut down and I had not one but two businesses shut down but I got. I thought I was going to go bankrupt. Like I literally, March 27th, oh. 2020. I thought, okay, that's it. I'm going bankrupt. I'm going to lose my buildings, my businesses, my house, my childhood home, the house that I got married in, the backyard, had both my kids at home. Like I thought, that's it. I'm I'm losing it. And it, at that point, it felt like it was no fault of my own. Although obviously there were some decisions that I made that created that. But you know, when the pandemic happened, I thought, that's it. I'm, I'm going bankrupt. And and then I thought, no that doesn't feel good in my gut. I think I can do this, right? Um, I'm strong enough. I'm smart enough. I am, I'm disciplined enough. I can make this work. And I turned it around. And three years later, I paid off my house in full. I'm in zero personal debt Too you that are thriving plus the coaching business on top of that. But it was just, it, I had to make that decision in my head and in my heart that I wasn't going to let this get the best of me. And fortunately, I had some really good support around me and I got I got scrappy. And, you know, at that time, the government was offering loans and I recognized the difference between good debt and bad debt. So I took that money and I turned it into revenue generating activities. And uh, that was the big shift, and you know, knowing what those those tasks are. And I I started this thing during COVID called my to do list and my to do list because without my schedule and having no salon open, I was like, oh my, I don't even know. Like a month would go by, and I'm like, what have I done all month? Like, oh my god! So I had to start writing it down and looking back and seeing all that I accomplished. Like, no, Sharon, you're doing lots of things and you're taking steps. And even now, I get frustrated that I'm not where I wanna be at the right time and whatever else. But then you have to just remind like every little step in the right direction is progress. And Mm -hmm. you can go from in a, a really bad situation to a pretty amazing situation in just a few short years, but you just have to set yourself on that path and get the support that you need along the way. And I really feel like, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And that has been definitely the case throughout my life. I remember I was into business long before, like as soon as we started um, our very first business, which was a restaurant back in 1999, our first restaurant maybe it was 98, 98 or 99. Um, You know, that was our first business, but I got obsessed with business because I didn't want that to fail. And knowing the statistics behind restaurants, it was very likely that it was going to fail. Um, But we we did a good job with it. and, uh, and, and just as our life evolved, then we made some different changes, but yeah, I started taking like back, uh, I don't know, Neil Dukoff and strategy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember he had a course called the incubator and we went down yeah. to for that. And oh my God, I felt like, cause I'm like, yeah, I know why you call it the incubator. Cause it makes you feel like you want to <laughs> curl up in the fetal position and suck your thumb when you really start to dive <laughs> deep in those numbers. But again, that was a real eye opener to how, how much control, I actually had over certain things. And um, when you actually make a list, like sort of like COVID, where you didn't have control over that, but when you make a list of the things that you do have control over and the things you do not, the list you have of things you can control is so small that it's easy enough to work on that, right? right? And then not let, so not let this, you know, like what we first started talking about was the recession and the economics and not letting that actually be an excuse but more of a stepping stone to get better right don't wish for Mm -hmm. less challenges wish for more wisdom Mm -hmm. you can get that that all around and that's why you like that's why I I seek out people like you to interview for my podcast because I find you so inspiring and so wise and everything that you share on Instagram and uh, in your memberships and in your courses for your for stylists, I think it's so impactful. And I I applaud you for what you're doing. I thank you. Thank you. Know, you. Gratitude piece um, because I've learned a lot. Even just you know, 25 years in, I'm still wanting to learn and uh, really embrace and admire people like you who are are thinking thinking on behalf of others, right? I think that's important. If you, if we, if you help others, you get everything you want in the end as well. So
1: 1000%. Yes. And thank you.
0: What do you want people to know about you and your business and where can they find you and what you have to offer?
1: So I live on Instagram. That's where my, my happy spot is. Um, and it's just my name. So at Nina Tulio, my website is ninatulio.com. I have a ton of free resources. I have a free profit calculator. I have free guides. I have, free pricing classes. I mean, I have so much that you can grab and just kind of start to kind of dive in and, and get you moving. Uh, you know, I live to serve the stylist and the owner. And, you know, it's through my courses like my Make That Money course for my independence. It's through my Synergy Academy for my commission hybrid owners and, you know, through my coaching, you know, with the owners and independents that are really kind of like looking to elevate. So I think, you know, just hit me up. If you have a question, I'm super approachable slide into my DMS. I answer every single one of my DMS. Um, and if you're looking for more like for free resources, just check out my website or my Instagram, or even just go through my Instagram. I have so much information on my IG and, uh, yeah, I just want to continue to serve the industry and, um, continue to lead in a way that is a servant style. That's just where I live in that space. I just am here to serve and watch people grow and, and be their cheerleader and continue to support them. So if you need help, hit me up, slide into my DMS and check out all of the stuff I have to offer.
0: Yeah. She's got lots to offer. And that's exactly what I did to get her on this podcast. So it works. <laughs> so one final question before we end today, what does being an unstoppable stylist mean to you?
1: Being an unstoppable stylist means, and just being unstoppable, period, is never allowing anything or anyone to get in the way of your goals and your dreams. It is really tapping into that deeper side of you and believing in yourself and always taking action and pivoting. You know, it's never stopping. It's, it's never changing the goal. It's just changing the approach. You know, and it's just forward movement. You know, that's when I think of unstoppable. It's like, if I want this, I'm going to go after it. And if it doesn't work this way, I'm going to go this way, you know, and just continuing to believe in yourself and your talent and your craft and the value that you provide every single client that sits in your chair. You know, I think it's just important to continue to believe in the value that you offer and not only behind the chair, just in life and in general and how you contribute you know, to the people around you. So that is what unstoppable means to me. Never given up.
0: Thank you so much. I couldn't have ended on a better note. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today and sharing all your, your heart and your mind with the listeners of the Unstoppable Stylist podcast. I want to thank Nina and everybody who listened in today for their efforts to be unstoppable it does pay off i promise you so thank you again and go make the world a more beautiful place check out the unstoppable for even more help to grow your beauty business and style a life you love